Welcome everyone to Game Over Calgary, following a disappointing loss for the Calgary Flames at the hands of the Seattle Kraken. My name is Peter Klein, thank you very much uh, for tuning in here late on this Wednesday evening. Uh, a difficult one for the Flames to take, I think, tonight. I mean, th this fan base is relatively divided right now into to two camps. Um, I, I think the one camp is um, rather populous and loud. Uh, that would be Team Tank, and if you're if your team tam uh, tanked tonight, this was an excellent result because uh, the team played really, really well. There's a lot of things they can build on and they lost in regulation to a division foe and a team that was uh, directly behind them in the standings. If you are um, team playoffs, which I think the team is, uh, but I don't know how many fans are, this is a really, really frustrating one. And so we'll try to balance out uh, both opinions as this show rolls along. As always, uh, always welcome in the chat. Let us know your thoughts. If you have um, any specific questions or anything like that, maybe save them to the end. We'll, we'll get to the presser at the end. Uh, it, it is just me riding solo tonight, so I will probably be glancing down at the chat a few times tonight to see um, if this is, uh, or to see if you guys are, are adding something that I can kind of cherry pick. But other than that, we will be doing the presser at the end of this particular program. Uh, like the video, subscribe to the channel. We are getting oh so close to 100,000 subscribers. But let's get into this game. And this is for this hockey team, a difficult loss to take, I think, for the Flames. Um, and again, Team Tank is going to love this one. And we'll, we'll get into some of the more positive aspects of this in a little bit. But from a Flames standpoint, uh, as of today, this is still a team that is trying to get into a playoff spot. And this won't help. Um, th this was a game they should have won. This is a team they should have beat. And so that makes this a frustrating loss from a, a Calgary, fa uh, Calgary Flames standpoint. You have a, a Flames team that um, I, I think pretty soundly outplayed the Seattle Kraken. And, and I, I was thinking about it. Calgary, I feel like for the most part, and feel free in the chat to correct me if I'm wrong, but Calgary for the most part has felt like a team that has kind of got what they deserved so far this season, right? Like, I don't know, I don't think there have been a whole lot of games where you could say, man, Flames really outplayed them and yeah, just didn't get the bounces tonight. Um, generally when they win, they've played really well. And generally when they've lost, they've played really poorly. But I don't, I don't think the better team won this game tonight, both like big picture and just in the vacuum of a 60-minute performance. This was a, a Flames night that was, I thought, quite impressive. And so when you're in this playoff hunt, they're three games out of a playoff spot. The teams ahead of them do have games in hand, I believe. Um, and you are playing a team that is tied with you in the standings. To not come away from that with a couple of points is really disappointing and it's it's a tough loss like this was you're, you're coming off of this gauntlet that they played we, we were all talking about it for over a month this was going to be a really difficult schedule leading up to Christmas well uh, shout out to the Christmas tree and the, uh, the the Santa Yoda behind me but this was not necessarily uh or the the, the Christmas time is over right so um that means that th this should have been the, the easier part. And this was, right? Like, they, they got this game, uh, they got a game against Philadelphia coming up on New Year's Eve. These were the games that they probably should have found a way to, won, uh, to, to win. And Calgary just didn't. Um, and credit Drieger, who has certainly played that way in that building before, as the former Calgary hitman came up with a baller night. But I thought Calgary was, uh, quite frankly, the, the, the better team. Um, 
that I, I just like you, you look at, and it wasn't even just like a late push in the third period. I thought they, they, they played better throughout most of the game. Um, Money Puck had the, the Flames with a really nice performance as the uh, the deserve to win a meter was at 69%. So I I really just thought that Calgary probably deserved a little bit better on this night. Uh, I see we have some uh, Kraken fans in the, uh, the, the chat tonight. Uh, Kraken Spectator. I always find it weird when people say this is a team they should have beat. Kind of discounts how the Kraken have been playing the last 10. Calgary got get a uh, goalie tonight but to imply these team or to play imply this team uh, on paper is worse is intellectually dishonest um i hmm that's a, an interesting note like it, it maybe does it discount the, the fact that seattle is playing better i mean sure they have uh, points in six, now seven straight i guess it's five oh and two in that span calgary had points in i think it was four or five um, so like both teams are playing pretty well in terms of better team on paper, the, the flames had the better goalie, um, on paper for sure. And then it, it's certainly a debate we could have uh, about which team has the, the better roster going forward. Uh, but yeah, the, these were two, uh, two relatively evenly matched teams, I would say. But, um, I, I still think when you are looking at this from a flame standpoint, which is what we're doing, it's why there's the. In Calgary on the bottom there. Uh, when you look at this from a flame standpoint, if this is a team that wants to make it into the playoffs, this is a team you should be beating, right? The, the teams behind you, whether it's tiebreaker-wise or otherwise, if you want to talk about, well, maybe like if we played this game out on NHL 24 a thousand times, who would win? Maybe it's 501 to 499. The Flames aren't looking at it that way. And from a, the Flames are trying to make the playoffs standpoint, that this was a team they should have beat. If you are a playoff team, quite frankly, the way Seattle has played with all due respect to their last seven, um, the, the, you you should beat Seattle and continue to, to move on. So that's that's more where I was coming from on this one. But I, I think the, the difficult part for this from a Flames standpoint is a guy who has been one of their better players for most of the season was a very good player in this game, but I do think kind of let them down in this one. Uh, and that's Jacob Markstrom. Um, now, for sure, don't give up a breakaway for the first shot of the game. That certainly would help. But Kyler Yamamoto puts the first shot of the game behind Markstrom. And this is starting to become a thing again with, with Jacob Markstrom. Um, and again, he has been excellent. This flame seat, we're not even coming close to having this discussion. Um... Uh, about whether the, the Flames are better or not than Seattle, if not for the play of Jacob Markstrom this season. He has been excellent, and for 98% of this game tonight, he was really good. But it was a couple of misses, and this was one where, like, the team's playing really, really well. The goalie at the other end is, like I said, balling out. You kind of needed a couple of those, right? And, like, literally a couple of them. It was two, and he should have had both of them. The, the Yamamoto breakaway, like, it's a quick shot that goes in that area that every goalie analyst tells you just can't possibly be stopped. Um, it's a good shot by Yamamoto. Make that save. Um, and then on the Wenberg goal, it's a, like, perfect shot, right? But And um, it was McCann with the pass, I believe. It looked like Markstrom was like, oh, he's not going to make that. Oh, shit, he made that pass. What do I do? Oh, and just missed it. Like, it just seemed like a, oh, fuck, he's right there. And that was a bit of a problem for uh, for him. And then it ends up in the back of the net. Again, on a, a perfect shot. But 
that was, it was two that I thought that Markstrom probably should have had. And when you put one in on 35, it is, or 37 or whatever it was, it's difficult to blame the goalie. But I, I do think that, that this was a night where Jacob Markstrom, they, they could have used those two. Like just the, the two goals that went in specifically are saves that I thought he could have made. Otherwise he was fine. Uh, it was just the ones where he wasn't that I think were a, a really big downside for this Flames team. But overall, like, yeah, this is this is a frustrating loss for, for Calgary this evening. Uh, the chat is going off uh, a little bit. I, I think that there is uh, a little bit of a uh, uh, back and forth going on in the chat right now, so that's always fun. Uh, come join in on that one. And while you're there, uh, like this video and subscribe to the channel. Once we get to over 100,000 subscribers, uh, it really opens up a lot of things that we can do. Uh, it, it helps us grow this community that we, we've started to build, and it lets us do a whole lot more fun stuff with all y'all. So uh, let's help us get there by hitting that subscribe button. Uh, even if you you hate us, like uh, Kraken, uh, Kraken Spectator does. Uh, I'm kidding. Um, even if you do, though, uh, hit that subscribe button and help us out. And just we'll, we'll put out more content that you can dislike us for. But... Um, I think from this game, there's a lot of positives to take from a Calgary standpoint. Clearly, the result isn't one of them, but the the, the whole they don't ask how, they ask how many. Um, th this is a, a frustrating one because it doesn't add to the how many, but the how, I thought, was really, really good tonight. And the first part of it is, uh, oh, shout out Kraken Spectator, who's already a subscriber. Thank you. Um, I, <laughs> the train just derailed on that one. Um... Two players who I think have been the Flames' best throughout this season stepped up in big-time ways tonight, and that's Nazem Kadri and Blake Coleman. How Blake Coleman exits this game with a zero in the goal column is both infuriating as a fantasy owner of his and mind-boggling as someone with eyeballs who watched this hockey game. He was phenomenal in this game. And, like, I, I think the Flames, as I mentioned before, I think I've made it pretty clear, I think Calgary played pretty well, and I think that's up and down the lineup. Like, there weren't a whole lot of passengers in this game, um, and I mean that for basically everybody, we'll talk about that in a second, but for, for Coleman... He is just, this is, I think, so clearly the best hockey he has played as a Calgary Flame. And when when things were getting a, a little bit kind of dull in that second period, where both teams were, were just kind of, uh, to, to steal a basketball term, just dribbling the air out of the ball and not really doing a whole lot, it was Coleman who was in there providing a, a bit of a spark. And he'll get a chance, and then he comes back on the back check and breaks something up. Um, he'll start a, a cycle in the offensive zone or stop a breakout from the defending team, and that leads to... Even if it just leads to an extra 35 seconds of zone time, it's more pressure and it's it's helping build momentum. And so I thought Coleman was really good tonight at just kind of halting the flow of play whenever it was going against Calgary. If Seattle was starting to build momentum, generally speaking, it was Coleman who was in there to kind of change that. And then the, the rest of the line carried on. I, I don't think Backlund had a superb game tonight. Um, that, that penalty he took in the offensive zone was really frustrating. Although, again, Galaxy Brain, this penalty kill has been one of the more dangerous aspects of this team the, the last 10 games or so. So maybe it's just the captain recognizing what his team does well. But um, I, I thought Coleman and Huberto were, were pretty sharp tonight, and we'll go in more into Huberto in a little bit. But yeah, Coleman was great. And then Nazem Kadri is, uh, again, to kind of... Uh, just copy and paste what we said about Coleman. I think Kadri is definitely playing his best hockey um, in Calgary Flames colors. He has been so great. And that line looked like they were just 
miserable to play against tonight. Uh, Pospisil's drawing penalties, creating opportunities down low. Connor Zari just had a magnet in his stick tonight for the, the puck. And again, Nazem Kadri was there causing all of the problems and creating so many opportunities for this team. They put that out there on ice on a consistent basis. This team can hang with a lot of teams, I think, in the National Hockey League. And that's what's so frustrating about what's been going on here is, the, like, is it a Stanley Cup winning roster? Of course it's not. But it's better than what they've shown for a lot of this season. And tonight, I, I think you got one of their better performances. And it's frustrating that it comes in a loss. But I think Kadri played really well. And... Um, any rust that was there for, for Zari and for Pospisil was quickly knocked off. And they, they talked about it. It's some of those little things, um, winning face-offs in the power play. That's something we've talked about here before. And it's something I have, I have harped on. Like there, there are, there are times where the face-offs that don't mean a thing. Uh, but on the power play, it's certainly one of them, especially with a Calgary team that has struggled with zone entries. And he won a couple of big ones that led to like 45 seconds of sustained pressure, which doesn't sound like a ton, but it, it's enough when you're on a power play that only lasts two minutes. And so I, I thought Kadri was really good at doing some of those little things to kind of help get things going and then just creating all sorts of havoc. Uh, around Rieger. Again, it ended up not meaning a whole lot because uh, apparently he just turned into Dominic Hasek for a night, but uh, I thought Nazem Kadri was a big reason why the Flames were able to, to have quite a bit of success. Uh, Kraken Spectator um, with this note saying Kadri is one of my favorite players and was good seeing him back in form. And yeah, that, that has been, I think, one of the bigger positives this season from this Flame standpoint. And it, it again, we, we can have the discussion about which direction the Flames are going, but just to have that guy being that guy again, like it, it has elevated Zari to another level and Pospisil to, to another level. Um, talk on, on Calgary radio today with an excellent host. Um, but uh, it was uh, Derek Wills, the radio play-by-play -play voice, was saying that Zari is looking like already like a better NHL player than he was an AHL player. Um, and I think Kadri is a big reason for that. And Pospisil has been miles ahead of anything we could have thought. And again, Kadri has been a big reason for that. He has been the straw that stirs the drink for a lot of these guys. And if you can have that guy around, that is so valuable for whatever the next step is for this organization. But it's just like, just from a, a quick aside, it's just so much fucking fun to watch him play when he's like that, right? Like it's just, as someone who watches 82 of these things and talks about 41 of them, it's just nice to watch him be Nazem Kadri again. And so that, that's been a, a real positive, uh, I think, here. Um, another one, and I, I've mentioned him a couple of times, Jonathan Huberto played really well tonight. That is much more the Jonathan Huberto that we were expecting. It, it's, I don't think it's 115 point Jonathan Huberto, but it ain't 55 point Jonathan Huberto, and it certainly isn't on pace for 35 points Jonathan Huberto. I thought he was quite excellent in this game. And it was just, it was those little things that, um, that, that kind of highlighted on the broadcast. It's just, it's recognizing a different angle, moving over a little bit, setting a pass up. All of a sudden you have a zone entry that creates an opportunity that I think created a penalty. Um, Either way, he was, I thought, really strong in this game. He was much more active when it came to shooting the puck, creating uh, some opportunities off of that. Um, he had one that frustrated me where he was coming down the, the left wing side and the puck kind of bouncing on him a little bit. And he just like... Um, 
to, to, to quote a phrase from 1972, he just kind of took a wild stab at it. And it it floated off into the, the netherworld, bounced off the glass, and Seattle was actually able to, to come back with it. Um, so that was a little bit frustrating, but you like that he's shooting. And then he kind of got the range finder back and was able to put a couple on net. He had some really good chances in tight. I thought he had a couple of moments on the power play as well. I thought this was a real promising sign from Jonathan Huberto. And I think a lot of it is Blake Coleman was just playing so well. How could he not, um, given like just all the room and all the, the opportunities that were out there, but we, we've seen Coleman play like that and Huberto disappear. And so it was nice to see Jonathan Huberto getting those opportunities and looking again, more like the guy that the flames thought they were going to be getting a couple of seasons ago. Doesn't mean everything's fixed. It just means that this is, it's it's a nice step uh, in a, a very, very long road to getting Jonathan Huberto back to anything resembling what the Flames thought they were going to get. Speaking of taking some steps, um, that's the best the Flames power play has looked this season, I thought, at least for the next or the last little while. Um, just shot after shot after shot, chance after chance after chance. It was really, really strong tonight. And it was one of the first times, and we again talked about it in the, the Cadre discussion. It was one of the first times um, where they're they're winning faceoffs and they're getting set up, and it was one of the first times where you actually saw what they were working towards. We've had this discussion in here a couple of times where it's okay. What like even if you're playing against pylons, what are you trying to do? Like what what's what is the end goal? If there's no other human being out on the ice other than the five power play people. What's the end game? What what would you like to get this to? And you could see they were setting up opportunities in the slots when that was taking taken away. There was a plan B that was creating a, a few things. And so I, I think that this was a real nice reminder of what this power play could potentially look like if they could get some gosh darn zone time. And they were able to to get that tonight. And I think that's where you're you're seeing the the power play start to take that step forward that they were better uh, a little bit better with zone entries tonight not perfect but definitely better um and i think just with what with, with the the faceoff wins they were able to get set up and create a few more of those opportunities so I, I thought a pretty strong game for the power play and just overall that third period there was one moment where I was like, man, this game has flown by. I can't believe Calgary's already pulled the goalie. And there was eight minutes left, and they hadn't pulled the goalie. They were just getting shift after shift after shift after shift in the offensive zone, keeping that pressure on. And it was the top three lines. The fourth line didn't play uh, much in the third period, if at all. Um, just trying to remember it. I think Greer had something, but that might have been at the end of the second period. Either way, all three lines I thought were really dangerous in the third period, and I didn't love Manja's game for like the fifth game in a row. Um, I felt Lindholm was kind of quiet till the third period, but then, man, when he wakes up, it is, it's a nice reminder of, again, what this guy could end up being um, for, and what this guy could be just in general because he woke up in that third period and just quickly created a turnover that created an opportunity the, the three lines were going, the one thing that frustrated me is, you know, when you have the team kind of under siege, when they put in the, the bottom of the screen there, um, the, the time on ice, like, oh, these guys have been out for a minute and a half to two minutes. That's when you know, like, okay, shit's on now. Um, and while they're doing that, they make a change on the blue line. And I understand like guys are tired. The, the other group was probably just out there, but you went from, there's pressure up top. Tanev or um, Tanev and Hannafin are putting a, a shot on net 
excuse me, and then Hannafin leaves. And while there's pressure going on down low, Gilbert comes skating up. I was like, oh, well now, watch out Seattle Kraken. I know you were worried before when we had Noah Hannafin out there, but just wait until we unleash Dennis Gilbert on you. It's like, man, like, I understand the other group is probably tired, but you got something going here. Can we not take advantage of this a little bit and get the other offensive guys out there? Like, I would have much rather Uyghur or Anderson come in. And then a few moments later, it, it ends up getting killed and sent back the other way. So it's good that you had, like, actual legs out there instead of uh, tired, talented people. But it was just, it was one of those ones where I was like, man, that would have been a real good spot for one of the better defensemen to, to come in on. But I think a lot of credit goes to, to Calgary in this game for how they played throughout. But then in that third period, that was relentless. And Drieger, that might be the best he's played in that building. And that that's coming off of a, a pretty successful WHL run. He was real good tonight. And Calgary made him be really, really good tonight. And so that is... I think a lot of the, the disappointing result in this one. Like I said, Money Puck had the Flames deserve to win a meter at around 70% this evening. You, you, they play like that, they're going to win a lot of these games. But it's a little late for that now. And it, it's the discussion here for forever as the, the roster freeze comes to an end, I think, tomorrow. Um, what direction is this team going to go? And the, these next couple... Felt like real important ones. You're coming off of the gauntlet leading up to Christmas. Now we got to, to celebrate Christmas. Yay, everyone. Um, and then you come back in here with a couple of games against teams that, with all due respect, this felt like a game they needed to have if they're going to creep back towards a playoff spot and, and get into that playoff spot. And Team Tank got a little louder today with how well Macklin Celebrini played for for Team Canada. And clearly, that I mean, not that Canada was the ones who started this whole thing, but there was a couple that uh, of passes tonight that it looked like the Flames were trying to do what Celebrini and Geeky have been doing so far at the, the World Juniors with that slap pass into either the high slot or a, a slap pass down at the side of the goal. But um, yeah, the, the, the tanking crowd is getting a whole lot louder with how well Macklin Celebrini has been playing at the World Juniors. But I do think that this is a bit of a reminder that like, they played really well, and they've beat some good teams on this stretch, right? Like, they beat the Lightning, who are not in a playoff spot, but still a quality hockey team. They beat the Florida Panthers, um, and not just goalied them. Like, they were the better team in that game, and they beat them. That They've beat some pretty good teams on this run, but I think you saw that LA Kings game. It's like, man... Just feels like maybe it's a different level. And then tonight, um, not saying that, that Seattle felt like they were a different level, but it just it felt like there was just a little bit something that could have been had at the end that just wasn't there. And you're scrapping and you're clawing to beat a team that's behind you, technically tied, but behind you when you looked at the standings so that you could maybe stay three points out of a playoff spot. Like, it's just, it's a lot of work to stay mid and that's where I think the, the larger discussion around this team comes. So like I said tonight, if you're Team Tank, this was this was the one for you because um, they, they played well. You, signs of life, like Sharon Govich was great. Um, the, the other Tanev, um, Brandon Tanev, is going to have marks on him for months following the, the shots that he blocked from Sharon Govich tonight. Uh, Zari was really good. Pospisil was fantastic. Um, just a quick note, I really liked the fourth line tonight. Um, Dylan Dubé, for sure, finished that chance on the pass from Dewar. Um, but, I mean, that that was just one of many great stops 
on this night on excellent opportunities, but it just led directly to a goal. But I, I thought the fourth line, specifically Dewar and Greer, were were quite good this evening. Um, and, and so, like, there's a lot of positives to take from this one, and they lost. So this is going to be a night for the, the team tank. And it, it's just, as we are approaching a point where decisions have to be made, you, you just look at it and it's like, what are you actually locking into? What, what, what like, what would be the, the ceiling if you did sign some of these guys or keep them? It, it's so very clear that something needs to change here. And that, I, I think, has kind of been the theme all season long, for sure. But the last couple of games have been a nice reminder. Like, you play a seven-game se- a seven game series against the Kings, they're probably beating you in five. Um, same thing for, like, Vegas... I don't know if you're getting that many off of them. Um, and quite like Vancouver, right? Like the, the Canucks. Like, And you look at the teams in the, the Central. All three of those top teams kick the shit out of the, the Flames. And now Calgary just has this weird thing with Dallas where they just drag them into these wild games. But for the most part, like, could the Flames beat any of those teams in one game? Sure, they have with a couple of them. But over a, a long, more sustainable period... That there is no way you can tell me Calgary is close to Vegas, Colorado, Winnipeg, Dallas, uh, LA, or Vancouver. And Edmonton is coming up real strong. They, they are one goalie away from being in this conversation of, oh shit, we're not close to them either. Um, and so it, it really does show like, yes, things are clicking. Things are going better. This was an entertaining game to watch tonight, but it is also a reminder that there's a long way to go, and I just don't think that this group is the the, the the one that is going to get you where you actually want to get to. So uh, that is going to be it for uh, just the me rambling portion. Now let's get to some of your comments in the chat. It is time for the presser here for our third segment on the show. Uh, just while you are uh, thinking of the amazingly insightful questions that you will ask me um, so I can impart uh, such great wisdoms on you, um, you, you can also... Make sure you like this video. Subscribe to the channel, much like Kraken Spectator has already. Um, It's not just a game over Calgary that's on here. We got the game overs from all of the Canadian markets, and I will vouch for every one of them. Uh, We got some amazing hosts on here. We're doing the the game over internationals. I was lucky enough to do the first game. Audi did the game uh, earlier today. Apparently, the Audi curse does not apply to Team Canada, as they bludgeoned Latvia today. Um, So that's going to be continuing after every Canadian game with with insight from uh, our hosts here as well as the scouts from um ep ringside so a really good collab happening there plus you know the sdp um and the cj show and 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 a lot of great content here so make sure you subscribe if you miss any of this show it's up on youtube for forever uh but you can also find it in podcast form shortly after the game ends uh if you want to listen to it uh, either tonight or maybe on your morning drive tomorrow. Um, so now let's get into the chat here for the presser. Um, Kraken Spectator was having uh, a bit of a night uh, as he was messaging with a couple of Flames fans in here. Um, <laughs> no one expects Wenberg to shoot ever, so maybe Markstrom scouted too well. He uh, notoriously doesn't shoot. Well, he should shoot more because that was perfect. There was like like, I, I don't think Markstrom handled it well. It did seem like Markstrom was like a, oh, dang, uh, when that was coming. But there was about a puck-sized hole for that thing to go into. And he just, right in there. That that was, it was really, really impressive. Uh, Paul Singh reminding us now that Dylan Dubé has no points in his last 15 games. I'm not going to fact-check that, because that seems believable to me. Um, I, I didn't think he was a, a, a hindrance in this game tonight. Um, 
they, they lost, so maybe they make a change. But I, I think, like, if you wanted to put Rizicka in that spot and sit Dubé for a night, I... You're not going to get any argument from me. If you wanted to go Greer, Rizicka, Dewar, I don't think you sit Dewar. I thought he had a ton of jump in this game and was kind of the Walker Dewar that we all fell in love with a season ago and when everyone was making all of the hilarious jokes uh, around that guy's name. Um, like, he, he was that guy tonight. And Greer has always been around it this season, man. Like, he... I've said before, like, he gets himself into the perfect spot offensively Always. He it just he knows where the puck is going to be in the optimal situation. Now, doesn't always finish, but he puts himself in the best spots so often. It is so impressive what he's able to, to do there. And that's why he's been a mainstay on that fourth line. So yeah, I would have no problem uh, if you want to make a lineup change and, and sit Dubé. One of the interesting ones, um, since no one asked, I don't know what they do with Vladar for the next month um, because January sets up in a way where you could run Markstrom a lot. Now, they're not playing the same quality of opposition as they did last month, where 10 of the 15 teams they played were in playoff spots. Um, this month, like, there are very good teams on there, right? Like, the Toronto comes to town. Uh, Edmonton, they are, they're facing them. Uh, a couple of real important games with, with Arizona. But... There is some, with all due respect to Charlie and Maude, there's Ottawa on there. Um, the, the St. Louis Blues are, are on the schedule as well. That, that's not a team, while they're ahead of the Flames, uh, that, that's not a team that, like, you, you circle on the calendar, like, all right, got to focus on this one. Um, like, that, that's a bit of a, a team in transition right now. So th there are some winnable games on there for sure. But you, you look at it, they have one back-to-back, -back, I think it's the... The first weekend of, of June, uh, January, not like the actual um, long weekend, but the, the one after that, um, they, they have a back-to-back -back Saturday, Sunday, but then it is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday, literally the rest of the month. It is game on, day off, game on, day off, the whole way through with, again, the one exception of a Saturday, Sunday, and then the rest of it, it, it is set up perfectly. If you just wanted to run Markstrom for a month, you absolutely could. And so I, I think it'll be interesting to see how they use Markstrom, how they use Vladar. I, I, we're, I don't think we're going to see an emergency wolf call up unless someone gets traded or or someone gets hurt or sick. Um, I, I think we, we will see quite a bit of what this Flames team, uh, what this Flames like front office group and coaching staff thinks of this Flames team because you could conceivably put Markstrom out there for basically the whole month. And um, if they're making a push towards a playoff spot, that certainly would be the direction you would go. We'll see if Ladar gets worked in there uh, a little bit more. Um, talking about tanking, uh, Kraken Spectator said, sadly, no one in the league can compete with the ineptitude of San Jose. I, I know that the, uh, the namesake of this network, um, Steve Dangle, is a San Jose Sharks truther, so I, I will not uh, take part in the besmirching of the good name of the Sharks of San Jose, but they certainly have a real good head start when it comes to the tank. Now, Anaheim is making a real good push down the, the, the backside. And uh, Columbus as well, uh, they're, they're doing a real good job of being terrible this year. Um, Chicago, just everyone is hurt. But Connor Bedard, that goal tonight. Woo! Um, there are a lot of bad teams. And so Calgary, if they are uh, going to um, let everyone 
Um, if they're going to, to let everyone uh, get real excited about Macklin Celebrini, it, it's going to have to be because they get some ping pong ball luck uh, because I, I don't think they're getting down into the bottom three this year, regardless of how uh, things go, because they, there's just, there's a bunch of teams that have um, a bunch of teams that have a, a bit of a, a head start. Um, crack inspector saying Anaheim has talent. So do the Hawks. I mean, yes, like, they literally have talented hockey players on their team. We just saw Anaheim a few games ago. Anaheim is not a team I'm concerned with. A- Anaheim, like, I-, I like some of the pieces. Uh, Carlson's out for a bit after Uyghur fell on him. Um, Zegras can do the Michigan, but I am wildly unimpressed with him otherwise. Like, they have some pieces on that team that I like, but I, I don't think they're making a push here. I-, I think they are probably going to be where they are for a while. Same with the Hawks. Like, the, the Hawks have talent in that they have Connor Bedard. Aside from that... There ain't a whole lot there, but holy smokes, is he good. So yes, like those teams literally do have a couple of good hockey players, but um, it's it's going to be difficult to be worse than them this season. So uh, that is going to do it for this one today. Uh, and Kraken uh, Spectator clarifying, uh, talking about it'll be tough for the Sharks to get past them. Yes, no, that... That part is very true. Um, that is going to do it for this stream today. You guys have been awesome. Hope you all had a, a wonderful holiday season. And in this weird period between Christmas and New Year's, you are eating all of the candy you possibly can. Uh, I'm going to be back with you guys for the next one as we ring in 2024 following a Flames game. I was going to say victory. Uh, following a Flames game over the Philadelphia Flyers. Um, Philly's been a real interesting team this year. Admittedly, I haven't got a ton of eyeballs on them this season, so fascinated to see what John Tortorella brings to the Saddle Dome uh, come New Year's Eve night. So I'll be back here on the stream uh, with you guys as we uh, approach the end of the calendar year 2023. One more time, like this video, subscribe to the channel, follow me on social media. My name is at Primetime Klein. Follow at SDPN Sports basically everywhere and have a wonderful evening. See you guys all on New Year's Eve. Yeah!